Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everyone and welcome to our What A Night. Today I'm joined by Jude Summerfield, Hunter Godson, Dan Kilpatrick, ready to dissect uh, a little bit of the international break, look ahead to Spurs taking on City and then also look through what's been the first year, as of today I believe, the, the, the year anniversary of Maurizio Pochettino leaving the club, which was then immediately followed by the announcement, maybe 16 hours later, 14 hours later, of Jose Mourinho uh, taking over the reins. So firstly, is everyone okay? Is everyone excited to be talking about Tottenham again? I don't know about you lot, but I'm, I'm very much ready for Spurs to be back. <laughs> I'm yeah. so ready for Mourinho's press conference tomorrow. <laughs> I cannot wait for it. What, what do you reckon Post you're going to get, international Dan? break, pre-Guardiola, it's going to be good. Yeah, that's the, I reckon that's, that's the sweet spot, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the good stuff. There's going to be... A rant about international football, surely. But I also feel like with, with Mourinho, when you most suspect the rant is coming, he reigns it in. Like he he knows you're expecting it, and he doesn't want to play to the crowd and be predictable and mm. fulfil your expectations in that way. So actually, I think there's a decent chance he's just very <laughs> measured on it, despite kind of teeing it up on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, Sometimes his rants. Dan, Dan, do, do, we uh, we got some insider trading knowledge the other day we were asking a guy who works at Tottenham who does the Instagram come on who actually does the Instagram and he's like no he mm. does it he does it all on his own the captions he gets Yao to take the pictures sometimes and I was like that is exactly what I wanted to hear <laughs> that's exactly I wanted no one else involved I want him on his phone laughing at the silly little captions he's writing well I've just done a Q&A on the Standard Sport website to Mark Mourinho's year anniversary and one of the questions was, who does Mourinho's Instagram? And I had to feign or confess ignorance on that one mm. and say I didn't know, but that, that's, that's really, really sweet and encouraging to know. <laughs> Especially after you used the word randomers this week. Yeah. <laughs> randomers. <laughs> Out of nowhere. So left field. That is so like do, do year you... eight, isn't it? Randomers. <laughs> do, do you think we're going to see um, Jose Mourinho barely able to get through the door because his quads are so jacked from all that leg pressing he's been doing? I reckon he'd been for a run and a cycle on that day already. So I reckon he was knackered and was just getting after extra gains um, mm. that day. Um, Slamming back probably, the protein shake. Yeah, he's probably just... Yeah. <laughs> Probably just so knackered at the end of the day that it all came spilling out, and that's where randomers came from. Mm. He was just high, 
on that workout just high. <laughs> endorphin high, yeah. yeah. Just off his face on endorphins. But it, it does promise to be quite a quite a session because one way or another he's going to have a little bit of juice there I'd imagine on having played City last year as well there's the uh, the fact that he's had players popping here there and everywhere all over the world but touch wood I think I'm right in saying no one yet is coming back crocked is that right yeah well, Doc he's coming back with Covid yeah that's the only with one the yeah. exception, with the exception of yeah. like Doherty having to and there's Bergvine with two weeks. Bergvine, fitness, yeah, that was a weird one, wasn't that it? That was a weird one. It was really early as well that they just said, oh, so he's got just sent him home. People that don't know, what, what, what happened with Bergvine? I think they just said he wasn't fit enough, right? Yeah. A, no. Like, pretty much when he went to the training camp. He got sent, he and got then he sent, got sent home. Yeah, he got sent home. And the, the, the official tweet, and bear in mind, this is the, just the Dutch translation, I think, on Twitter, said, Steven Bergwijn would be leaving the international camp as he's, he's not fit enough. And then I, th- I mean, that sort of was the end of it. No, no, no mm. mention of in- injury. He's been doing some press stuff, so you imagine that he's, it's nothing COVID-related. So definitely a weird one. That is odd, isn't it? I missed it? that completely. Mm. Completely missed that. I have to say, it's quite early on. It was wasn't early it? on. Yeah, it might have been a day after they got together. But, um, and I, d- really I don't want to be that guy that sort of like slags off the international break because I know it's very easy to do, but. It did feel like this one was a bit of a longie, didn't it? Kind of felt like I don't know why it just felt longer than longer than normal. I think you can thank lockdown two for that, to be honest, because most days are feeling long at the moment. So you know the fact that everyone's sitting in your house and you're so I, I think you sort of take for granted the fact that there is football almost every day of some sort that you care or at least will watch. And uh, with some of the international games, you are really forcing yourself to sort of pretend to care <laughs> as, as I, I love Andorran football yeah, I, I the, get that stuff on the TV all the time I mean, it's quite, quite telling that the game that I found most exhilarating was the uh, Scotland Scotland game Scotland oh, that Serbia. was great that, that was great yeah you know I have to say the rest of it did feel to some extent a little bit like do you remember during the first lockdown when German football came back first <laughs> <laughs> and it felt like you were adopting teams you didn't really care about yeah. I sort of found myself sitting there a few times this week like oh. yeah messaging directors mm. on on LinkedIn to see if they'll get players to do interviews without really knowing <laughs> without really knowing really? anyone <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very, very true. Mm. Um right, so as far as we're concerned, that there's just the one sort of Doherty gonna be out of the city game and no one too worryingly that's been hit with an injury, I think. I mean I've still got half an eye on Sonny, but I'm aware that he's done all the media today around uh, his player of the month uh, award, so I'm hoping that means jobs are good and mm. He's in one piece and there's no COVID stuff that's going to come back to bite us in the arse. And I'm assuming he's been tested all the time as well. Yeah, I think they were testing again today, weren't they? I actually just saw yeah. on his uh, on his Q&A that he said he misses Kevin Vimmer every day. And I was like, <laughs> oh, that's that, I'm glad that friendship's still, <laughs> still there. Very sweet. I think the, the Premier League gave clubs permission to use this 60-minute test that's quicker than normal wow. this week for players coming back, so... I think oh. Son would literally have been tested at the airport on yeah. Wednesday and probably returned a negative and that's I mean, I, I can't say for sure, but I suspect that's why he's, you know, been put up to do media today and, you know, it's a kind of everything's all right message from the club. Um so I don't think 
we should be worrying too much there, but we'll await Jose. Yeah. Yes, we will. <laughs> oh, we've, honestly, yeah. I With pleasure. Wait. Do you know what? We've, now that we've done so many different angles, I can't wait to see where he takes it. Yeah, well, I can't wait for him to somehow twist Pep staying for another two years into something horrible. <laughs> like, I, I can't wait for a dig about the Champions League or something. Like, maybe maybe in his next two years, he'll make it in the Champions League. I just, yeah, like Dan said, I'm, I'm, I can't wait. <laughs> There's got to be something, isn't there? There's got to be, even if he goes, even if he lowballs us, there's going to be a little bit of juice there. There'll be, I, I'm, the, uh, at a minimum, I'm looking for a back reference to what you're worried about last year was easy enough. <laughs> uh, so let's get into let's get into his first year in charge. Then we'll do good, bad, ugly, beautiful as per usual. Damn, what has been the good stuff that you've enjoyed in this first year? Bearing in mind that. You were someone that I felt like at the end was incredibly fair with Maurizio Pochettino at at times when there was polarising views around and it was very much kind of like, he's got to go, or I love him. (laughs) Like you were actually reasonably balanced. So um, what are the things that have been good and what have you seen him improve uh, for the team over the course of last year? Oh, that's a biggie. <laughs> I mean, uh, damning. There's been a, there's been a lot. Of, there's, <laughs> there's been a lot of good stuff. It's just quite difficult to sort of pick one and, and be concise about it. It's not mm. the absence of good stuff. Now, I mean, I think I think what's obviously been really encouraging is is that the squad has massively improved there. So, in some respects, he's definitely earned Levy's trust. You know, he's he's been able to go out and do what Pochettino wasn't able to do, which was to build this new chapter and completely refresh a tired squad. And I think in the last few months that's that's been the you know, that's been the story of of Spurs really, and it's been really encouraging and you can already see on the pitch they're reaping the benefits of, of having a much stronger group than they had over the last two or three years. Um so that's a good thing. Uh I mean Harry Kane's been been a, been a really good thing, um, and we've talked about it on this pod. But I think there's there's been definite improvement there. Um, I think it's good and exciting to see you know if Jose can kind of prove his doubters wrong because after Chelsea and Man United there was very much this perception that he was on a downward spiral of negativity to quote AVP and that his career <laughs> was, was was kind of flatlining and he was yesterday's man. Uh, and he seems really up for the kind of challenge of, of proving people wrong in that respect. And I think this season with the pandemic and, and everything just feels tailor-made for, for Jose Mourinho. It feels like a good season to have the ultimate pragmatist in charge. So I think there's a lot of a lot of good things um, yeah, from the last year. And, and particularly, I think, from the start of the season, it does feel like you know, Spurs are, have got momentum again and, and it does feel like they're going places again. The last four or five months have definitely helped that Jude, haven't they? It, it, you, it, there's been a all of the things that Dan rightly pointed out have kind of definitely felt like they've ramped up a little bit. In particular, since Gareth Bale signed, there was a real, real sense of warmth around the club off the back of that, wasn't there? Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah, that was always going to happen with if if Bale was going to come back, that was always going to give us a massive high. Last season was. In- just in particularly weird because I didn't feel at any point that Spurs had a proper style that you associate them with. But um, with that with that transfer window, they identified those weaknesses and 
I know the last three games that Spurs have played have been, you know, a bit backs of the wallsy and maybe could have been approached or should have been approached in a different way. But at least you have an idea of how they're going to approach these games now. Um, whereas at like the beginning under Poch, I had no idea what they were trying to do. Um, and it was sort of similar towards the back end of last season as well. Um, but yeah, Bale coming back has given the whole squad a boost and it's just a, it's just a lovely sort of more positive feeling now, which comes when you're second in the table, I suppose. <laughs> but it, I mean, also picking up the wins. Like, I mean, we, I suppose that's one thing that we, at the back end of last season felt the needle pushed a little bit more towards the, the negative side hunter when we were, playing with this style of football that didn't feel like it was working and results were a little bit sketchy and now it feels like the needles very much flipped the other way like the, the at times having to be grubby but we're grinding stuff out which is really really nice I think what you've seen this year is that Mourinho has almost proven that he can do it both ways um but he prefers to do it his way and uh and you know, we've we've spoken about the the run that we've got coming up, and I I think we could have been more expansive against the, you know the last few few games. But if you take take the year into as we can now, you can sort of step back and go, well, you can sort of see what he was trying to find out, and he was trying to experiment. As as Dan said before um, on this pod, he was experimenting on the pitch with the defense and what Spurs could give away in terms of possession and what Spurs could give away in terms of depth and where they are. And I think now we are starting, we have now finally starting to see, um, a a defense he trusts, uh, formation he trusts and, and basically, uh, and with the manipulation of what Kane and Son are doing now, I mean, it, it works. It does work. Whereas before, we didn't have Kane. We didn't have Son. Uh, and we looked awful. Um, but so, yeah, I, I I think that's a... There, there is always going to be that, that sort of feeling with Mourinho that if we don't win those games where it's really grubby, then it's really bad. It looks bad. But but we're winning. So you can't question it at all, can you? No, it does seem to be, it does seem to be a... Does seem to be a positivity there, though. That it's quite—it's almost like quite hard to measure. Apart from winning a side, they're just everything. Just seems to be a little bit more buoyant at the moment than it was at the back end of last season. Maybe it is just as simple as we're sitting pretty in the table. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does like even just little things. I think like the the fact that you've got someone like Hoybier in there who's doing doing the the dirty stuff having that has been a revelation having someone like Regulon at, at left back and able to uh, provide something extra from a position where we weren't getting a huge amount having Dotty come in and just be solid mm. having the, the 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 narrative around Gareth Bale to watch it's all been there's been a lot of little things haven't there that equally you could have said at the back end of Pochettino's time all of those things were going the wrong way you know all of those think- little things I think everyone's just on board with Jose now, aren't they? I mean, even last season, you could have said, well, you know, Vertonghen was thinking about his next move. And I'm not suggesting he was a disruptive influence at all. But he obviously, you know, him and Ericsson weren't people that, that were thinking long term with Tottenham. The, most of the players, Danny Rose for one, who who weren't on board or, or weren't sort of fully committed to the, the project, as it were, are either on the fringes of the squad or not really involved or have already left the club 
there's loads of new signings who have come in who are, who are Jose signings. And I think there's the, the you can sense just from his kind of press conferences and the, and the way he is that you know he feels totally in control. He's he's got his mojo back. He's totally in his groove, and it does feel like you know everyone's sort of on board with this. The the, the period where you know there were there were sort of some poch loyalists at the club hmm. um, who were unsure and where a lot of the you know the fan base were, were actively hostile. That period's kind of past now and I think you know while there'll always be skeptics among Spurs fans for, for his past and his style of football and stuff on the whole I think the majority are saying yeah let, let's give this a chance and you know, see where we get to so it, it does feel like the club is back to, to pulling in the same direction which definitely wasn't true for for the death rows of Pochettino's reign and the start of Mourinho's that that, that I think that's really important is that is that everyone's bought into to his way now, and I think we'll probably touch on it in the bad or maybe even the ugly. But the players who maybe still weren't a hundred percent on board have been iced out. I think it's also worth noting. I think you've sort of touched on it there, Hainsey. But I think it's worth noting that we're just having the competition in places now, rather than feeling like oh we're scraping together a midfield and Winks as Sissoko, we know it doesn't work. Mourinho says it doesn't work. Uh, Ore has to start right back because there's not an option. Ben Davis isn't quick enough to to play left back, so we're we're hindering. We're playing with high right back as our only uh, outlet. Um, HRB, yeah, the strategy. It, it, <laughs> all all of those things are completely are almost gone now. We know we have a starting midfield that we can sort of trust and we believe can can be effective and defend uh, the back line. We have two full backs who who at least offer something completely different to what we had last season, and then uh, you know that takes the pressure off of Son and Kane having to do as much tracking or or even just you know that that real bum work that you felt like if everyone wasn't 100% on it last year we were either going to we were really going to struggle to score and defend at the same time so it, it, things have just started to be ironed out i still i still don't think the football is is where it could be but but like you said we're winning so don't question it so let's let's do the bad bits then um and i suppose if we're to save the kind of player piece around players that might come and go for the ugly in terms of the playing style are you guys happier with where we are now or do you still feel like we've got the brakes on um i know we discussed that quite a bit over the course of the last few weeks but i'm wondering whether this weekend might be the first time or one of the first times this season that we see that style applied in a way in which we would all choose to play if we were in charge of the team against Man City. And I know that, Dan, you've come very close to actively being in charge of the team recently when Jose asked you to take over. <laughs> yes, yeah. And and to be fair, I, I would probably play that way against Man City, but it's yeah. totally different to playing that way against Burnley, Brian and West Brom. And I have, I've done this to death on this podcast. I'm not going to do it again. But yeah, I mean, I think the style, I wouldn't say it belongs in the bad section because I think it's been vindicated by results so Should we call far. this the practical section then? <laughs> the pra- yeah, the pragmatic section. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, again, I, I, I kind of feel like it, it was a big issue when, when Jose first came in, but it, it feels like you, you do have to not sell your soul, per se, because that's quite a strong turn of phrase. <laughs> you do have to kind of accept certain things when, when you kind of embrace Jose Mourinho as your manager, and you have to 
probably accept that you know, certain young players aren't going to be, you know, the voice of this world mm. aren't going to be allowed to kind of flourish and and that, you know, he's going to sign a certain type of player and, and play in a certain type of way. And, and that's just the trade-off that you have to make as as, as a fan base, I guess, in, in hopefully in return for trophies and success. That's, you know, that's that's a payoff you make. So I don't think um, the, the styles necessarily belongs in, in bad because it's not unexpected. But what I do think, to, to go back to my point in the good section, is that, you know, people are more accepting of it now, I think. I think I've been in a minority that said, you know, this is the wrong way to play in the last three games. On the whole, I think most Spurs fans have said, you know what, we, we, we played great stuff under Pochettino for five and a half years, didn't win the thing. If, if we scrape over the line in the League Cup or, or Europa League and it's, it's mainly quite turgid, then I'll be happy with that. Uh, that, that is really interesting, though, because you know how you, you said we did sort of we haven't won anything. I would say that's probably one of the one of the bads for me was watching us limp out of the FA Cup against Norwich. And I, mean, I think we have to be pragmatic mm. and fair and actually say that even though it's great now, there's been some times where it's been a little bit poor. Um, and that was one of them for me because I saw that as a massive opportunity. I've got, like the FA Cup, like I, I believe I'm right in saying had. I think Liverpool gone out, hadn't they? Liverpool gone out to Chelsea, is that right? Yeah, was that that was when they were sort of half putting teams out, piss off the the FA and <laughs> say so we can't possibly play in the Oh well it was ridiculous. I think that it was when they were at the um the world They've done the club, club championship. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um yeah. Yeah, no, so I think they were out. It was an opportunity, but I I, I think I don't know, looking back on it now. The fact that Son and Kane aren't available, I think I think you take them out of this team now, and we 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 sort of go right where are the goals coming from. Um, I we I mean I have to say in that game we created a lot of chances. Dele Alli had chances to win uh, win that game, and we did we didn't take we didn't take them. Um, I don't I don't think you can massively blame the manager for that one. But, um, I'm not a Jose revisionist, I promise. I'm not going to go back and say because that first that <laughs> first that first it. seven eight months, I was like, I don't get this. I don't I don't think I'm ever going to get this. I don't think I'm going to enjoy this. Uh, I, I I watched this style at Manchester United and and despised it. And I'd spoken to a lot of United fans who had said. You just have to, as Dan said, you just have to strap in. And and I was like, I don't think I'm going to be able to if this is how it is. Now, we make the signings in the summer and the back end of last season was... was pos- there were positives. The, the Leicester game, the Arsenal, Arsenal win. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and, I'm, and I've seen this year more progressive football at, at points. So going into, you know, I think, like you said, would, would you play against this, this city like, like he has sort of set up to... Uh, yes, but so did Pochettino in the Champions League, and we beat them there as well. So, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think I think with the uh, with the style, I don't think we can put it in the bad. We, we knew what we were going to get. I I do think it's worth discussing if we think that he has adapted that style at all, uh, and if if it is slightly more progressive. Um, but you know, maybe that's a different conversation for a different day. <laughs> what do you reckon, Jude? I can see you wincing. I'm unsure. That's why um, <laughs> I came out really bitchy. I apologise. <laughs> um, okay, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> sorry. Um, well, 
I suppose it's it's more of a team built for now, isn't it, than than what than what Poch had at any point. We were all, I'd say, sort of looking towards maybe winning something in the future all the time with Poch, even if he came quite close in certain seasons. And um, the amount of work that's gone into making that squad, um, you know, have a lot more depth in there, um, and sort of understanding Jose's ideals a little more. Um, you know, is a big is a big big plus. Uh, it just depends on you know how sustainable it is long term. But you've got people in there now who have set ideas about how they should play, and you know our midfield isn't like a sieve anymore with Winks and Sissoko in there. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a weird one. <laughs> I, I, hold, I definitely hold my hands up to this. I was so bought in on the philosophy of building up young players um i was really quite nervous about the idea of of doing now you know of just buying players for now um mm. but i have to say at the moment it it looks like completely the right thing to do particularly i'm sure that's been exacerbated by covid but the fact is that we now have a, a big enough um a big enough squad to be able to cope with the rigors of playing in the Europa League but I, I would say that's probably one of the bad things is seeing those players in the second string not delivering and not performing at a level where they're challenging the first team is a slight worry for me a slight kind of concern around particularly in the particularly in the positions where we've looked a little bit shaky in the past with the injury record mm. um, I'm, I'm just a little bit worried about that I think the Europa League performances particularly away from home have been a little bit flat um, but I might be being overly critical there um, that's just how I always remember them forever <laughs> forever and yeah, always that's just the Europa League that just feels like the Europa League yeah and uh, it's uh, you put you put players who haven't played together mm. and you take them to Bulgaria or, or Hungary or somewhere like that and you say Go on, lads. Yeah, and especially in a, the other thing is in an empty stadium. I really do think you have a good formula for a weird performance, basically. Um, and that, does, that, that doesn't, you know, give them reason to play terribly, which some some have. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm just I've never looked too much into those Europa League away days because I just think that they must mm. be quite a strange experience, especially in, in current circumstances as well. There is an opportunity there, though, isn't there? Usually, when there's uh, fans in stadiums, to see a bit of like character building and character development, and seeing who will fancy it with a, a roaring stadium full of flares and like horrible, horrible screaming in their general direction. <laughs> it's it's a really good uh, development, a character piece. But um, I think probably that brings us on to the ugly bit, and I I, I hate to put Delhi in this in this ugly section. But I was so ready for the redemption arc after his after Mourinho's first game, where Delhi was just supremely good against West Ham, mm. and I fear that maybe we've got our first proper casualty now, um, our, our first proper sort of, well, maybe he can't recover. Um, I don't know what are your thoughts. It's it's almost yeah, the perfect be... storm, isn't it? Go on, Dan. No, that sounded insightful. I like where you were going with that. <laughs> well, I was going to say... Storm metaphor. Crack on. Well, well, <laughs> just because the, redemp- the, the redemption of Ndombele has, has sort of stood there 
almost he's in the shadow of that now so he feels like he has to he has to Mourinho is basically saying look what look what these other players have done you have to do that as well we're in a euros year where it will still be on his mind that he wants to he wants to try and make a late bid for that team as you know any footballer who's been in the England setup will want to try and get back in the England setup even if it, it now looks like a, a ridiculously long shot with Mount and Grealish and Foden that that place is quite bloated in the squad now um and and then just uh, you know the, the questioning you know his relationship with Mourinho whether whether it can whether it, I, I have no idea how it is um but you know you saw in the documentary that they were willing to sort of show those bits and I, I I've said this before on here I think there is something to be said for the players that they were willing to hang out in that documentary um in comparison to some of the ones who maybe got away with the arguments or the the, the quieter words that were had with Mourinho um I think all of that together has sort of and and I think it's also bear worth you know saying that he also got robbed at knife point he's had a difficult year personally I think all of that together has put together this situation where I don't know if there's a way back for him now um despite really hoping that there there would be because I I still think I still think there's a supremely talented player and I still think he's a massive asset to to Tottenham um will he be given the time I I don't think so do you think he would and this is a horrible question. I'm sorry in advance. Do you think he would be better off somewhere else right now? I I almost think he needs a hard restart. To to be honest with you, um, you're talking about press and hold the button for eight seconds at the back of the router. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about getting getting one of those little like a pin and pushing it yeah, into the back but... of it. <laughs> yeah, I I actually thought that PSG could be a really interesting move for him. Um, I, I thought it, that you know they sort of lack in that area in a way, and that sort of they have players like Draxler who who doesn't get a massive amount of game time, um, and uh, what's his name, the Argentinian Pastore, is that, is it? yeah, um, they have similar players, but I felt like a, a good opportunity for him to go and experience a different culture away from Tottenham, get his head straight, and try and get. I think you know PSG play some really good football that would supplement the style he plays. I think he'd really thrive in that squad. Um, that fell through. It could happen in January, even if it's alone. I think it, I think now it's important for him to sort of go out and try something away from Tottenham because really it's the only thing he's known since MK. He made such a big jump so quickly, and all he knows is Tottenham. And I think it's almost important for him to go out and and, and try something else now. Yeah, what do you reckon, Jude? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just quite sad that um, when I saw the uh, the news of Premier League going back into five subs per matches, that my thought was, oh, maybe Delhi might get a game now, because um, it just seems so unlikely that he'd break into that midfield now anyway, and that'll be the only way you see him is when you know maybe there is a a nil-nil or Spurs are one nil down and they need a goal-scoring midfielder um, and he'd be the person to, to call. But I, I, it's really sad, but I don't see him making a proper impact for Spurs mm. like as things stand, at least. Um, you, and it's horrible, like, looking you... back at, like, a 16-17 season where he was just... Everything was flying in the back of the net and his link-up with Kane and Eriksen was just incredible um, to where we are now. Um, where he, you know, he has, like Hunter said, he had a bit of a horrible experience at home, and there's obviously been COVID. 
Um, and he's just not going to get close to the team anymore. It's Where, just tough yeah, to this is what I was going to ask. What, like in the current system, Dan? Well, if you're saying right, we're going to bring Deli Ali off the bench. Where does he go? Like, where do you put him? Yeah, that that is part of the problem, I think, especially with Kane having essentially become the new creative hub of the team, the new number ten, and playing this deeper role with the the runners beyond him. There just isn't really space for for Delhi in that system, I think. So I think that's definitely part of the reason for the position he's in at the moment. But I think, uh, as, as Jude said, you know, you he's he's a a motivated kind of reasonably informed Ellie is still a weapon from the bench because he is you know, so good at finding space in the box. He's a good finisher. He comes alive in that kind of 18-yard area. Uh, so, yeah, I, I do think that there's, there'd definitely be a role for, for, for Delhi if Mourinho you know, thought he was playing well enough and motivated enough, etc., etc. Um, I, I, you know, I don't think it's a case that he simply doesn't make the squad on, on kind of form or, or talent because... That, that's that's obviously not the case. He's obviously a, a very very good player still. Um, look, I think it as as Hunter said. I think it is kind of inevitably pointing towards a January move at the moment. But and I'd also say that this season's incredibly hectic and unpredictable. Like things can change really quickly. Mm. A few injuries, a few positive tests. You know, suddenly he might have to play and. You know, a couple of good performances can can turn things around. I don't see that happening as it stands, <clears> but if Dembele and uh, Dombele rather shows anything, it's that you know there is a way back mm. under Mourinho, particularly if you know the club um, is is committed to the player. It'd be, it'd be interesting to to know what kind of Daniel Levy's stance and the the kind of hierarchy stance is on Delhi, because I think Mourinho's made his stance pretty clear. Do you, do you, do you think that Eriksson leaving has affected? His form, because when I think about what Deli Ali's good at, it's sort of ghosting in the area. Sort of, you, you may not notice it. He'll do it ten, twelve times, and he won't get found. But a player like Ericsson, I think back to that goal in the, I think it's the FA Cup semi final against semi-final, Chelsea, yeah. Yeah. where he mm. goes in and Ericsson finds him with a ridiculous ball. But then also the two nil win over Chelsea, where Deli Ali gets found at the back post twice by Ericsson. Though that sort of player is the sort of player that supplements his game and Ericsson doesn't work in a Mourinho team or did, did you know in theory doesn't yeah. work in a Mourinho team I, I just wonder how losing that real creative midfielder has affected his role within this team particularly um, when you yeah I think I think Delhi's definitely a player who's kind of thrived off relationships and partnerships at Spurs like the one with Ericsson and also his relationship with Kane and I wrote a piece a few weeks ago now just defending him after one of the Europa League games when Mourinho hooked him at half-time again. Was it Antwerp? Yeah, Antwerp defeat. And part of my reasoning, and and he wasn't great, but part of my reasoning is he is a player that's built these kind of great relationships with Kane and Eriksen and and Son. And I just think the amount of pressure that he's under, you know, go out and perform, show me he deserves a place in the team... Playing with a load of you know new signings, Vinicius, Bergwijn, um, Bale, you know players he hasn't played with at all. That that does definitely make it tougher for him because he is all about that those kind of intrinsic understandings and and, and knowing where the ball is going to be played, and he's definitely lost that. Um, but I'd, you know, I'd also kind of you know, 
freely admit that he's he's just not dazzled. He looks like he's 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 lost that kind of spark when it, when he has played, which which is a shame. And you know, Pochettino always knew how to get the best out of him, and he was always quite insightful about you know you you've almost got to kind of poke the bear with with Delhi, haven't you? You want him sort of playing close to the edge. Mm. You want you want that fine line between genius and madness. One player. It was last time Monday night football, wasn't it then? That the Monday yeah, night yeah, no, he, quotes, he, I thought were quite sweet. Yeah, he was he was very good on that, and uh, you you kind of thought on paper like Jose would be as well because you know Jose likes using conflict to his advantage, but it, it just hasn't hasn't happened like that. Mm. Let's um let's fly onto the beautiful. Let's quick fire through these and pick one each. Um, has anyone got one off the bat that they want to smash out? I think off the top of my head, you've got to say the... Giles Sacramento, you're going to say. <laughs> Surely. Look, Surely. As the, sooner the, Netflix, the sooner Netflix get on a series all about Jow, the better, right? <laughs> Se- series two of the Amazon doc should just be at home with Jow. <laughs> um, um, I, think, I think you have to say just the, the form of Son and Kane when they have played. Because, you, you know, last season we, we didn't really get to see them that often. And you always, you whenever they played together in this Tottenham team, you felt like we can win any game. And this year, they've just moved on to a different level. You know the new the new Kane positioning, and we we all we all know what they're both capable of. Um, yeah, just 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 a different level of of strike force that you know makes you enjoy watching Tottenham again, basically. Because I, I was I was worried. <laughs> Last year, I'll be honest, I was worried that another big injury for Kane. How does he come back from this one? What if, you know, it's a long time out. But he's completely answered any critics he's had and has been just unbelievable. Yeah, I think we could all, uh, all get on board with that one. Mm. Uh, Jude, beautiful for you? Uh, I'll I'll take an obvious one and I'll go with um, that, what's his name, Gareth Bell. Um, that geezer that um, Welsh geezer yeah that uh, yeah he did some bits I think at one point Um, and in particular the goal against Brighton Mm. Um, because I'd seen a lot of uh, oh he's finished he's he's rubbish nowadays that sort of thing just on the webs Um, and seeing that seeing that he can still be that um, (laughs) sorry he can still be that match winner um, especially in that run where we had Son being a match winner at Burnley um, and then Bale against Brighton, and then Kane at West Brom. That was just nice to see that different players can step up and win your games. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's still got a long way to go, I think. But lovely, just lovely, yeah, <laughs> just, lovely. So. just lovely, just <laughs> lovely. Dan, what's what's yours? I'm going to go left field and, and say Tanganga. Oh yeah, just because I think. I think that kind of thing is is incredibly important for any Spurs manager. Like it's it's a big part of of Tottenham tradition to kind of bring through players. And Mourinho obviously has this this reputation for not trusting youth, and and, and we have seen an element of that with the way he's treated Sessegnon and obviously Foy, who, who I just don't think he rated from the start. But I mean Sessegnon in particular, it hasn't really been given a crack at, at left back and. And has had to go prove himself in Germany, but I think it's, it's an important for Spurs manager to be trying to bring through young players. It's part of the club's tradition. It's what has made them successful historically, and and you know recently, and in in the more distant past. And you know it's just something he should be doing. And it was something he emphasised when he came in. Surely, at the club's you know 
direction. You know, to say you, you're committed to young players, uh, and but he had, you know, that there was no obligation for him to do that once he got the job. Um, so to throw Tanganga in against Liverpool and then and can kind of keep him in the squad and to the point where he's now just very much like an established first team. But we don't really think of him as someone who hadn't played any football mm. at all. You know, this time last year, um, I think that's you know that that's been an encouraging story. And, and you know, if you can just do one of those every season or every 18 months you know if, if Clark can get some minutes this year I know he's not homegrown or, or circling in a couple of years mm-hmm. then I think um, yeah I, I think that that'll be a good legacy when Jose leaves the club and, and you know, he hasn't always left positive legacies at places he's been he's, he's tended to kind of have these boom and bust cycles and Mm. Or, or win the treble and, and leave in a blaze of glory, but um, that's probably I'll wishful take thinking. B, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is there any chance we could have that one? Um, yeah. Let's yeah. let's just finish up by looking ahead to to City very quickly. Um, we've said we kind of know roughly or would expect the team to play in a certain way. Is anyone quietly confident? Yeah. Very quietly. <laughs> yeah. Whisper it. I, I think. Only, only because I think over the last, probably over the last sort of 12, 15 months, you've seen City struggle with the style of football we're going to play so drastically. And they've failed to, to sort of break teams down who do this to them. And we are set up to cause some trouble now, especially with, uh, if you, I don't know, whoever we play, Son, Son and Bale and Kane or Son and Lucas, you know, there is bags of speed um and we are you know when we played city last last season at the at the, the new white hart lane we were we were in bits we just brought in steven bergvine we put him on the pitch he, he wasn't fit and you know we won i think we won two nil um yeah it's a red card for zinchenko wasn't there mm. you know th- that style of football has always proven effective against uh, against Pep Guardiola's style of football, it's basically the only way to play against Pep Guardiola's style of football. So, um, yes, quietly confident, um, at, and at the same time, it always it only takes you know one lapse of concentration in that style for them to really capitalise. Um, so we'll see. I'll say quietly confident though. I did actually say the other day, yeah, I was quietly confident. So I'll continue I with that. I have got enough going forward. That's what I'm thinking. Is that I feel like City are not. The, as formidable as, as they've been in the past and I feel like the front three will get a couple of chances which you've got to hope that it's one of those days where they stick them away mm, I, th- I think City they're a different proposition they're, ch- they're still changing I think Ruben Diaz was a really good buy I think Ferran Torres looks like a, a world beater and a, you know, a brilliant prospect but I, I, I genuinely believe losing losing Leroy Sane and David Silva leaving they they have lost something there they've you know lost two arguably world class players in those positions and they're still sort of rebuilding they're still sewing together this the new look city you know Pep Guardiola signed his new deal so you will see them spend and build I don't think it is what it was, what it once was, and I still, and you know, you've seen what what Leicester did to them. We 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 have the ability to do that as well. Maybe not as dramatically. What was it? Five, five <laughs> goals. Two, yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe not that dramatically, but you know, they can be hurt playing like that. Jude, I'll let you have the last word. Should we? Uh, how confident should we be going into the weekend? 
Yeah, uh, you know, I'm sort of 50-50 on it, really. Um, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just not wishing, you know, somebody to have an injury or anything. I'm just glad there's no Aguero. I don't think he's going to be playing. Um, Gabriel Jesus is obviously a wonderful player, but he's just he's not Sergio Aguero, um, who, yeah, who has a great record against us. He must Spurs, have 100 goals against us. Yeah. In my mind, it's just him <laughs> slap Him and Ed and Dzeko. For some reason, Ed oh, Jekko's and Dzeko's etched onto Do you remember? There was a 5-1 or a 5-0 and then a 6-0, and then I think there was another 5 or closer. And there was a moment where City just used to spank us. Every single Routinely. game. Yeah. yeah. So um, Navas who pumped one in as well. Like about 15 yours. seconds in. Yeah. Like that, yeah. <laughs> this is going to be a yeah. bad day, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just interested to see how Hybia does against Kevin De Bruyne as well and whether he limits any Good of challenge. creative... Um, well, not spark. It's more than a spark, isn't it? But um, well, they, they played in the week, didn't they? Yeah, yeah they, yes, the they did go up against each other. Created super hot to Belgium, fire. So. Mm. Super hot fire. Yeah. yeah. Well, look, fingers yeah, crossed. Fingers crossed, good result. And we'll be back next week to break it down, where hopefully Spurs have either tightened their grip on second or maybe squeezed through to top of the table, depending on what Leicester do. Um, so, yeah, touch wood. We're, we're sitting there with another positive result and get off to a flyer in this very, very difficult run of fixtures. Make sure you subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Leave us a review and a rating. And make sure you follow all the guys on social as well. And we'll see you all next time. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.